You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today we are talking about what teens wish parents knew. So teenagers, those words can strike fear and trepidation in the hearts of those who are facing this season of parenting. And if you're in that season of parenting, well, it can feel like a minefield, can't it? And wouldn't it be nice (laughs) to know what they were thinking? Yes, we've already talked on the show about how the brain of a teen goes through a phase of change and plasticity where they're pruning brain pathways as huge and transformative as that when your toddler was going through all these brain changes. So it's a big tumultuous time of change. Mm -hmm. Environmental factors too can have a major lasting effect on this change in brain circuitry. And because teens are so readily influenced by emotions, is anyone surprised Shocking. by this? Shocking. <laughs> they can really benefit by learning in positive ways that are intentionally designed to train emotional regulation. And guess who's really influential in helping teens learn to regulate their emotions and be even and make good decisions? TikTok influencers. Yes. And Instagram. It's really helpful. Okay, great. Yeah. No, parents. <laughs> yes. We're influential in that. So another angle of parenting, it makes you a better person. We say this all the time. Yep. Parenting, you're, you're trying to raise good kids and you actually end up working on yourself. I hate it when that happens. I know. I know. So we've interviewed lots of parents on this podcast, but for this conversation, we thought it would be helpful to get a teen's perspective. Yeah. So we have with us today, Matthew Hauser, former teenager. He's actually 21. Welcome, Matthew. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So yeah, Matthew is the son of Josh Hauser of Seeds Family Worship. Did he and your and your uncle start it together? Did your uncle Jason start it? So my uncle uh, started it 18 years ago, and then about 10 years ago, my parents and um, all of us had joined this full team. And so right now, it's all Hausers, and uh, we all run the ministry. Awesome. Y'all are all so positive. You can't see him, his big smiling face. But yes, Jason was the same way. I know. <laughs> You cannot leave these people without so, feeling better about yourself. Yes, that's right. So um, when we interviewed Jason Hauser, which you have, if you haven't heard that, go listen to it. Super fun interview. He mentioned that Matthew had written a great article about what teens wish their parents knew. Yes. And so we're going to link to that article on our website. Sure. And um, we're going to also just go even deeper with Matthew. So Matthew, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm 21 years old, and I've been married uh, just a year um, this last week, and so really excited about that in, in this new season, um, but God has really just given me such a big heart for teenagers and, and parents just kind of in that season, and I know for me and my story how how transformative it was to have my parents so on my side, um, and so I really just love to get into this topic. And I think it's really helpful for parents because I know for me, and there's mistakes my parents made that I would love if, if other parents didn't make with their kids walking through different wow. things. And this so, makes me not want to ever have my children on this show. <laughs> <laughs> what will they say? 
Yes, that's <laughs> okay. it's always one-sided. You just get to report what we did. That's right. <laughs> Full disclosure. We all make mistakes. That's right. That's right. Yes. Actually, Emma wants a kids respond episode. After all the stories we've told, okay, that's she's fair. like, it's time for a kids respond episode. <laughs> so this is this is the baby the baby steps into that. Okay. Yeah, because we do, we do, but but somehow you managed to preserve that relationship, your parent, you and your parents, and that's why we want to talk to you about the teen years is because even with the mistakes that your parents made, like we all do, you came out on the other side of it really good and really healthy. Yes. And able to write this article about, Hey, here's what you can do that, that, that worked well. So let's jump right in. Yeah. Yes. What do we need to know the brain of a teen? Well, something that was super amazing with my parents um, is Really, you know, I, I had a really close relationship and my dad is one of my best friends to this day. And one of the things that was just so crucial for us was just doing things together, was just having adventures together, was being intentional about, you know, going hiking, going biking, like doing adventures and really creating that relationship so that we could have good conversations. And it wasn't every conversation was a sit down, really intense conversation. It was just, let's have a good time. And then conversations would come up and then we could talk about deeper things. And I think that was by far one of the best things that my parents did um, for us. So when you were 13, did you think your dad was a good friend then? I did. So um, I'll give you a little background. So when I was eight years old, I was introduced to pornography and I fell into a really deep addiction. And from from about 10 to 13 was my most um, tough time in the pornography journey. And um, I was really using a lot, probably three times a day. And I just had full access whenever I wanted. And I was just, I was just totally engulfed in it. And one night I, I was in my room, it was like 1230 at night, and I felt the Holy Spirit come in my room. And it was so thick and so powerful. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, go tell your dad to get set free. And I was like, whoa, I was just mind blown. I was like, Lord, I, I, I can't go tell my dad or like, he's going to, you know, exile me from the family. He's going to, it's going to be just horrible. And so then the next morning I got up and my dad would start working at like five in the morning. I walked in his office and I said, Hey dad, like I've been showing the pornography for years. I'm totally addicted. And I want to get set free. And wow. And he just looked, he like looked down for a second and then he looked up, looked straight in my eyes. And he said, son, I love you. And I just broke. Oh my goodness. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I just, I broke and, and it was, it was, and then that was the beginning where God was like totally pursuing me. And, and then from there, we started a long journey of, of getting totally set free from pornography. And, and, and that, like just that conversation was not because of that. It was all the times before that, that my, my parents spent the time with us doing things, having conversations. And so then the Lord could use my parents to say, Hey, go tell your dad to get set free. Hmm. And, and so it's just amazing. So we have recently been doing a technology and kids um, Mm. art series. And one of the statistics was that teenagers are on their phones eight and a half hours a day Mm. and tweens, which you would have been during that time of addiction were like, what, six, five, yeah, almost six, six hours a day. And that they're, they're having conversations with their parents, eight minutes a day. Mm. So I'm guessing that you were not having conversations with your parents eight minutes a day. If you're, if your parents are creating space in your childhood to hike, you can't yeah. hike in eight minutes <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to ride bikes. So do you think, like, what did that look like 
um, give, give our parents more information. What did this look like that the groundwork that they laid that enabled you to have that conversation? Mm. Yeah. So, um, in, in our, in our situation, like I love to play golf. So I, I became a golfer early on and my brother enjoyed golf. And so, and so then when we were younger, my dad really took the time to play a lot of golf with us. And I think, I think when, when I think about parents, I, I, I think sometimes parents, they like to do things for themselves, which is awesome. I think that's awesome. But I think kids also have a lot of things that they enjoy. Maybe it's soccer, maybe, you know, whatever they like to do, even if it's video games. I know it's a tough, a tough one with video games, but the thing is, is whatever your kids like to do, really try to just just spend time with them doing it, even as much as you can and creating those times. And so for us, it was like on the golf course, we'd go on the golf course and most every day, and uh, we that's would just hours. be out there. That's work. hours. Yeah, hours. That's yeah. hours. Four hours, you know, and we'd be out there and, and th- we would be doing something fun and then that would open up conversations. So for other parents, it's whatever your kids enjoy doing, just try to do that with them and just enjoy it. And then that will create conversations. That's beautiful. And yeah, so I, one more question before we move on, um, or maybe you have some more, Bonnie, mm-hmm. but how did you, how did you sneak and do that? So we were talking as parents, what we can do to, create boundaries for technology. And I'm, you sounds like you had very intentional parents and very involved parents. So how did you get around? Yeah. So, um, well at the time it was kind of the new technology era. I was kind of right on the middle ground of everybody having an iPad. And so my, my parents didn't really know that they, they, they didn't know what they were giving me. They didn't know they're handing me crack cocaine. Like they, they didn't realize that. And so when, when, I had full access to my iPad all the time at any time of the day. And so that was, that was before we really knew what was going on. And so as far as like in, in today's day, I mean, I think like a big thing that we started doing after the whole kind of getting free and stuff was I would, I'd actually put my phone in my parents' room or I'd put my, my iPad in my parents' room or my computer, any access that I had to online when I was starting to get free. Um, I, I really just, we had to put big boundaries in and then like, you know, there's like services you can have on iPads or different things like that. Those are all really helpful. Um, at times they can be kind of frustrating because they, they kind of block things that are good too. Unfortunately, they're still trying to figure that out, but really just creating great boundaries. Like, Hey, everybody at eight o'clock puts all of their media in mom and dad's room or in the kitchen or, you know, just make it one, one more step instead of just having it next to you, you know, anytime. Yeah, that's great. And I'm glad to hear you saying how you appreciated that for your own life. Because mm-hmm. you hear a lot of teenagers, you set those limits and say those things and they'll be like, you know, total rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hate mm-hmm. it. They hate Why it. are you going to do that yeah. all the time? But yeah, I'm glad yeah. that you appreciate it, even if it was maybe after the fact. So you mentioned in your article that your parents created space for you to encounter God, which I think mm-hmm. lots of Christian parents, like we all, like we have these kinds of goals for our children. And even so, like you did VBS, you did Awana, and you said like you got baptized to please your parents, which causes alarm bells yeah. in the heart of every mom. <laughs> like, ah, they're, they're doing something. I don't want them to do that to please me. That's got to be between them and God. And so what did they do to really help you encounter mm-hmm. God? Like, I'm assuming VBS wasn't a bad thing. Awana. Yeah. Not at all. And I, I totally love VBS and I love Awana. I'm so for it. And um, the, the thing that my parents did, I thought was super cool. I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you a story, but one of the things that I thought the coolest things my parents did is 
when when we got you know kind of in our tween era um they they said hey we're gonna like we want to invite you into a quiet time and so one thing that they did is that each one of our siblings we got invited into my dad's quiet time and he said hey this is how i spend time with god and took us in and prayed like you'd normally pray read like you'd normally read and just do his own quiet time and invite us and say hey this is how you can have a quiet time too and I think that was a really great. great start because it's like, I'm watching them do it. And I'm like, oh, I can do that too. That's so easy. Like spending time with God is actually not that hard. Um, and, and seeing it from your parent. And so that was one of the most transformative things um, in my walk with God, um, for sure, is that one time just him bringing us in saying, hey, this is how I spend time with God. That is so practical. And I did not do that. Every it was parent. such a private thing for me. <laughs> I did not. I mean, I would kind of tell them this is what it looks like and whatever, go do it. But I did not invite them in. And that was, I love that. How many times did he do it? Did he do it for a season just once? Um, I remember like, it was like a week. I, I remember just going in like every day for a week. And, and then second to bounce off that. Another thing that was so transformative. One of the things my parents just said is we want to put really cool people around that love Jesus. Like who are the coolest people around who love Jesus? Let's get them around. Like we, and, and some of those guys are literally my mentors to this day um, and have just so poured into me and my faith, but who's cool around your life? Like who's some cool, just a little bit older, like a couple years older, like a high school or even a college student that's in your church or around in the community and invite them to hang out with your kids. We've talked about that. We're smiling because yes. we've talked about that before. Yay. Yes. Good. Good. Super important. Just make up reasons for yeah. them to be around. Make up reasons yep. for them to be around them. It's great. That's so good. Goes going along with that modeling part then. So um, you say, okay, your kids are watching you. So you got invited in. What else did you watch your parents do? Yeah. What were they doing day in and day out that you thought? Um, yeah, my parent, my parents are just in, just creating an, in culture of intentionality. That was that was a huge thing. Just creating a culture in our home that were intentional, and so it was just intentional in every area. It's intentional what we watched. It was intentional about who we had around. It was intentional like to be in community. You know, really being around awesome people. Really being intentional with like having deep conversations and and kind of um, like iron sharpens iron. You know, a lot of just like you know, con- confronting, but in like a really life-giving way. And so that's what I really saw, just like really all encapsulating just culture of intentionality. So it would be normal, like I'm thinking of the kind of conversations you would have in your house. It'd be normal to talk about deep stuff or hard stuff or... 100%, like any any conversation was free game around the dinner table. Any conversation was free game. Like if you wanted to talk about sex, if you wanted to talk about marriage, if you wanted to talk about church or business or friends it was all an open conversation and nothing was taboo it was just like let's talk about it because this is a safe space and then if we get in hard conversations we can go into the word and talk about it through the word so yeah great I love to hear that's so beautiful we talk about that all the time yeah it was a little bit of intentionality you'll get closer to where you're aiming than if you never mm. aim at all, you know, you might not get exactly mm. where you want to go, but you're, you're headed in the right direction yeah. with yeah, that intentionality. That mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned your brother older or younger, a uh, younger. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious yeah. how you, uh, navigated that. Like if you had to have a heavy conversation or whatever, it's not always appropriate. How much younger? 
Um, he's just a just like a year younger than me. Oh, we're all really close. Okay. I have a year older sister and like a year younger, so we're really close. So you said you were they were intentional about what the shows you watched um, with the Disney brouhaha. Uh, my daughter, mm-hmm. she's twenty four. She and I have been talking about what she's going to do with her daughter. She and her mm-hmm. husband are going to do with their daughter, and just what they're not what they're not going to do, and you know they're not going to watch a lot of the things that we watched you know, as a kid, not, and we were intentional about it, but she's just making different decisions. What kind of decisions did your family make about entertainment you consumed? Yeah. So, um, basically how it worked in our family is we, we actually didn't do any Disney. Um, but the way that it was really cool. One of the things that my parents did was we, we couldn't watch like a lot of things by ourselves, but we could watch it with them. Cause you know, my dad loves good eighties movie or you know, just just some of the great movies over the years that um, probably aren't like good if I just watched myself, but my parents knew them well. So it was kind of like, so if we wanted to watch like a, like a PG-13 movie or something or like a, a little bit, whatever, just, you know, an older movie, we just watch it with them. And it was, and I just made it really fun. And so that was a, something that they did for our media and like intake and that kind of stuff. So doing it together, did you ever debrief? about it you know it's like hey what do you think about what this character did or what message is this movie sending or that kind of thing yeah at, ti- at times we did and then at times it just it was just a great you know family bonding laughing over tommy yeah. boy or something you know wow no disney yeah that, I, that made me so happy i can't stand disney it makes me angry <laughs> and all my yeah. all my girlfriends like feel like they have to sneak and let their kids watch and not tell me i'm like that's your decision but you better be debriefing about it but it's so funny your parents yeah that, you know yeah. So what else, what else do we need to know? What else do parents? Yeah. What do teens want parents to know? You mentioned becoming friends with your teen, which we're always like, you are not your child's friend, right? You are their parent and you will eventually yeah. be their friend, but yes. you're, you kind of come at it a little differently. Tell us what you mean. Yeah. So with that journey at, from 13, when I, when I um, really was getting set free from pornography. It really brought my dad and I really close together um, because I really needed his help. And and then that kind of in that same year is when I really surrendered my life to Jesus and was like, I'm going to follow Jesus. Like, I'm not just going to be a Christian. Like, I'm going to know Jesus and I'm going to follow him in his ways. And so, but the thing that it really became was, was since the door was always open for conversation, it, it created that I was always just in conversation with my parents. And then my dad would kind of have to wear two hats because then we just became really good friends. So you kind of sometimes have to throw on his dad hat and be like, Hey son, that's like not cool. And call me out and confront me on whatever situation it was. Um, but then on the, on the, on the flip side, then he could put on his friend hat and then we would just be friends, you know? Um, and in, in our home, it was not a religious home, but we loved Jesus. That was what it was about. And so it wasn't like, don't do this. There was not a ton of rules, but there was really strong cultures. And so it was like, Hey, we, we love each other. Like there was a time that, um, my brother and sister and I were fighting like crazy. We're just bickering every day. And my dad comes home and my mom, they talk about, they're like, we're, you guys aren't going to bicker. And he, so then that week he shut down like the whole week. And he was like, we are going to, every night we're going to sit down and we have to write 10 things that we love about one person. And we write 10 things. And then we have to give them a gift that you can't buy and it can't be money. It has to be something valuable to you and you have to give it to them. And it was so powerful. And then we stopped bickering because we were like, wow, we actually, we see great things in each other. And then we became friends. It was crazy. It was wild. <laughs> Do you remember? what? Did you, I was so curious what you gave to your siblings or your parents. 
you know what it was super interesting it was like you know i think one of i think one of them i had like a somebody gave me like a bentley key like a car key for a really nice car and i think i gave one of those to my brother because it was valuable to me or like a wallet or something that i had that i really liked and uh so yeah love that very creative it just makes my heart so happy to hear about families that are doing stuff like that getting it done with each other you said that your your parents told you that if you did anything wrong that you needed to just tell them and the consequences would be less severe but if you were caught doing something you shouldn't have done the consequences would be worse so how did that work out for you yeah. Oh my goodness. That's such a good one. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because the, the basically that was from a really young age that I, I mean, I remember I was probably six years old and my parents told me that, and I think it can start at any time, but it just, it was, it was just such a, it, it said, I'm a safe place to come. That's really what it says. It's not, it's not about the, the thing that was done. It's I'm a safe place for you to come to and making the home and the family, the safe place. And so it was, it just made it. So like, if you made a mistake, like for me with the pornography stuff coming to my dad, because I knew if I got caught, that would have been a big deal. Huge, huge, huge deal. It would have been devastating. Right. And, but on the flip side for me to come and say, Hey, I I'm, I'm wanting to get free. I, I want to tell you, cause I need help. I know I can't do this on my own. And I think in any situation, it's like you steal something from a store or you, you know, we, as kids, you do a bunch of random stuff, especially oh, yes. in your teens and tweens, <laughs> you crash a car. Like I would rather, like I would rather if I crashed my car as a teenager, and like I'd rather be call my dad, not my friend, right? Like so many people and kids are calling their friends for their issues yeah. when it's like I would rather just call my parents and be like, "Yo, I crashed my car," you know. And even in the team, if I got drunk or something, I knew I could call my dad to come pick me up. You know what I mean? And it was like I knew I made a mistake, but if he caught me, that would just be just horrible. Yeah. That's a very good distinction. Yeah. yeah. And the um the ability that sounds like your parents cultivated to not freak out on their face. Yeah. Because I can guarantee you they're freaking out on the inside <laughs> from experience. Yes. yes. We're freaking out on the inside or we're like, I can't believe they just asked that question. Right. Like, aren't they embarrassed? They don't seem embarrassed. I better act normal. <laughs> you know, that's so that's so beautiful and helpful. Um it sounds like it really worked for you. Did it did it work for your siblings? Did they re- did they respond in kind? Yeah, totally. Well, the th- the thing that's so funny about is I'm kind of the black sheep of the family, unfortunately. Like I-, I was the one who was getting in trouble all the time. And my brother is like, you know, such a man of God. And uh, he he didn't really make a lot of mistakes and nor did my sister. They kind of just followed Jesus their whole life and and really just, you know, they weren't doing anything big. You know, their sin wasn't big. Like where me, it was a little bit all over the place and all over the road. Yeah, it was it was just such a different dynamic for them. And so that was something I wanted to just mention is I think every kid is different. I think every child is different. I think you can't, it's not a one size fits all parenting. It's not a one size fits all for each child because, you know, I I go through very different things than my siblings went through in my, in my teenage years and even now. And so I think that that's just a, a really big, you know, thing that people should get in their mind is it's not, it's just each kid is their own, you know, kind of path of, of parenting in their own kind of journey. And so it's easy to feel like a failure when your kid messes up big, you know, as a parent mm. you feel like you feel all this sense of shame, even though like in one side of your head, you can think, I know they're their own person. I can, I can show them the way, but then in your heart, you really don't 
you just feel like I failed on some level. Mm. I should have, would have, could have. Yeah. Should have, should have, should have known. known. Yeah. Cause you're so delightful and wonderful. <laughs> and you wrote this amazing mm. article that's so complimentary of your parents. And um, it's just mm. so heartening to see that you're calling yourself the black sheep of the family, but like that maybe you just learned your lessons the harder way. Yeah. Um, mm. And how beautifully that can be navigated mm-hmm. in a family that's filled with grace and the first responses. And I love you when you mess up. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really heartening as a parent to hear a teenager say that, mm-hmm. um, that means that, cause we are so different and some of us do just have to learn by experience, not just by yeah. <laughs> advice. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Oh. Privacy. I know mm-hmm. that's huge for, for teenagers. In fact, one of the consequences we had in our house at one time was to take the door off the room because mm. they've lost the privilege <laughs> of privacy. So yeah, talk about that a little bit. You say, what do yeah. parents to know about privacy? Yeah, I think privacy is a really, um, a really hard thing to navigate. I really think for parents, and I, I, I think it's the hardest thing to navigate because it's like you want, you want to give freedom, but then also you're, you're such an, the, the teenager is in for me. I mean, I was in, I didn't really know what I was thinking either. Like I didn't know every right decision. Obviously I'm a teenager. I'm like trying to figure out who I am. I'm trying to figure out so many things. So from a privacy like aspect, I love what you said, like losing the privilege of having a door, you know, I think, I think that's a really great, I think that's a great thing because, you know, you, you earn trust with your parents, right? You earn trust and you build trust with your, your kids and then they get privileges, like having a door on their thing and, and on their room. And, and, and I, that's, that's a really nice thing. And so I, I think, I think it really goes back to, you know, giving space to, to make mistakes, giving space to, you know, learn because you, you know, a lot, like you said, Renee, there, you can't always just learn by hearing, you know, the advice, you know, sometimes you just got to do it. And so I think there's privacy overall, I think giving the right amount of privacy, giving space for them to make mistakes for them to learn and then building trust. And I think that's that building that trust is really going to give them out of privacy they need. Okay. Okay. So there's tons of advice on the interwebs mm. <laughs> from teens who like what teens wish their parents knew. So I'm going to, we're going to depart from your article, which awesome. was three points. And cool. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some from other teens and I want you to respond. What do you think about this advice? Wonderful. All right. So um, this teen says not every conversation has to be a lesson. Sometimes teenagers just want a friend. So what do you think? 100%. I, I can totally agree with that. And like I said earlier, this the kind of the hats, you know, there, there's kind of a dad hat or mom hat or, you know, vice versa or a friend hat. And so I think I think at times you just need to listen. Um, I think something that I'm learning so big in my recent years, and this I wish I knew this back then, is sometimes people just need to be listened to. They just need somebody to just to be an open ear and actually not say much and just ask questions. So, so what do you uh, tell me about that? Mary, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's what God teaching me right now. I'm like <laughs> with my wife. I'm like, I, I, I can't, I just have to just be an open ear sometimes. And yeah. I just sit there. And so tell me about that. What, 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 how does that make you feel? You good know? man, good man. Does that, does that open up new, does that open up different thoughts? And uh, oh, just always asking questions. So yeah, I think it's the same. I think it's the same principle, you know, same principle with, with teenagers being open ear at times and just 
hey, so how does that make you feel? Do you have a heart for them? Do you just keep asking as many questions as you can come up with? We want to preach. Like we, I'm like, oh, the answer is so clear. Yeah. The principle, the proverb has sprung to mind. <laughs> We're ready yes. to hand it to you. And you're yes. right. Sometimes we just need to be heard. I mean, that is a, mm. that is a newlywed yeah, skill. So mm. you know, Dave, I've said before how my husband David's like, learn to ask, do you need me to fix this? Or am I just? Mm. <laughs> yes. And so I think that's true with your team yeah. as well. Yeah. Do we need me to just listen? Or do you need me to roll out the story of tragedy of someone who has gone this path? <laughs> Which my kids said I did with like annoying regularity. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, but I feel like sometimes because our time is short, if we are only having eight minutes of conversation, we feel like we have to cram it all yeah. in, right? Yeah. The sense of urgency. And what you're telling us is your parents created all this space. They did what you mm-hmm. liked to do so that every conversation doesn't have to be a lesson. Mm-hmm. Your parents mm-hmm. could just talk because there was lots and lots of times of talking. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a real yeah. key, I think. Yep. Is mm-hmm. to create that space so every conversation doesn't have to be a lesson. Because then they'll be like, oh, I know. Like another story of tragedy, mom, <laughs> for real. All right. Um, another piece of advice teenagers say that we're still learning a lot. We're going to make mistakes. And that's the whole point of being a teenager. We're right in between being a kid and an adult. So let us learn by ourselves. Let us do it our own way. Some parents like things done a certain way. And we want to learn to do things our way. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Mm. I think that I think something that really hits me is that they said that we want to do it like we want to learn ourselves, right? Like we like I think I think that's a really hard line to walk because I think if you give too much, if you give too much, then it it's kind of just open to a lot of error because we are so in our learning stages, we are not fit to make the right decisions <laughs> a majority of the time really you repeat really. that like five more times we're just gonna like get our voice recorder on our phones here yeah, play this fast. yeah just loop that a couple times <laughs> yeah but but I think I think really just walking as like parallel with them you know I think just being right there next to them in in the decisions but giving them that space I think like when you think of a parallel line, it's like, they're not together. Like there's a gap in between. And so it's really healthy and just walking alongside them as they, as they make those decisions and learn and make mistakes and come and be like, Hey man, you scraped your knee. Let's, let's bandage that up. Oh, you know, you broke your arm. Let's, you know, get that fixed. You know, that, that, those kind of things and those kind of conversations, I think just walking right alongside them, but yes, giving space to make those decisions and learn is so important. So I hear a lot from teenagers. Um, I don't want to be just like you. You think that I have to be just like you. And that may be true in some things. Like I, I hope that you have my same values. I hope that we can share, you know, the important deep things of life, but it doesn't mean I want you to love horses because I love horses necessarily. Mm. So how do you, how do you, as a, how does a teenager, mm-hmm. um, yeah, differentiate between like behavioral boundaries and mm. how I'm trying to make you into my mold. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think I would just ch- change it to a question. Well, who do you look up to? You know, who who do you look up to? You know, who do you want to be? Right. And, and shift it to like, if they're like, oh, I don't want to be like you. It's like, well, then ask them, who do you want? Who do you want to be like? I think that 
it really is, is a really transformative question to flip it back on them and be like, well, then who do you want to be like? Because I love my parents and my dad's one of my best friends, but I, I don't really want to be them. Like, I want to be my own man, right? I want to be my own person. And I think in, in this season, I've learned that way more being married than I did in my teenagers because I really didn't know. Um, and I think I think that we, we all become our own person. We will. And, and when we follow Jesus, we, he will transform us into whatever he desires us to be and, and the way that we seek him and, and he changes us. So I really, I actually don't know if I have an answer to that question. I think it's a really tough question, but I, I would just flip it and go, well, then who do you want to look yeah. up to or who do you want to be? That's always just a good tactic in the teenage years uh-huh. is que- asking questions instead of making statements. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it mm. gives you as a parent, it, it gives you information. Oh, what's actually going on in there? Yeah. What's, mm. what's, what's been planted and that's springing forth. Right. Oh. <laughs> okay. There's another one. Can I, Go ahead. Can, can I jump in? I have one more thing on that. Um, something that I, I learned recently um, in talking to some counselors that um, really trying your best to not put them in a defensive mode. And this is, this is in life is putting people in a defensive mode um, and questions are the best way to um, offset the defense. And so, and, back to your question about the mold, I think it, that can be an instant, you know, even that question, like, I don't want to be like you. And it's like, well, it can put a defensive mode in. And so really trying to take, I think in teenage years, like trying to take off the defensive mode and by asking questions. But I think that that really just thinking about that, oh, I don't want to put my kid in a defensive mode where then they have to defend themselves for what they want, but shifting, taking that wall down. I think that is so powerful. Um, to really get inside what they're really thinking. So sorry yeah. about that. No, that's great. I it's sometimes it's just like loving a porcupine though, you know. <laughs> they're mm, always yeah. in defensive mode. It's like yeah. at all times. <laughs> yes. Yes. If that's good. Which makes me segue into another piece of advice I found online. It says, don't bug us when we're upset. Don't ask me every second. Mm. What's wrong? What's wrong? So mm. what what do you think about that? What are teens wanting from us when they're upset? Yeah, space. I think I think you. Uh, I think just enough space, like not the the persistent. What's going on? But space to process. And you know, like I said, every kid is different. So some some of your kids maybe want to just talk about it right away. Maybe you have the just I want to talk about it right away. Or maybe you know a little more introverted, and you're just like oh, I need space, right? And space can take a long time. Sometimes I think. I think sometimes it can take days, it can take weeks and sometimes even months, depending on what it is. So I think space is the most crucial thing and, and encouraging space. Hey, take some time to think about that. Take some time to think about that. Pray about it. Like just encourage them to, to process it actively and, uh, and pray and seek God about it. So we've talked before on here about mood fixing, yeah. like how we feel, mm. uh, we feel like we need to fix our children's moods so that for our comfort. Cause we want them to be happy. We want them to be happy. Mm. Yeah. And it just it's mm. hard to allow them to be sad or to allow them to be mm. in conflict mm-hmm. internally in some way. Right. Because as parents, we get these messages of, you know, watch for the signs of depression and anxiety and all these things that are red flags. And well, if I'm not, if mm-hmm. I'm giving you space and not asking you what's wrong and then there, you know, where's the balance it, it, there? Yeah. Did I not tricky. ask enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah. So as a parent, we're supposed to ask if we can, if if 
we can share our thoughts or if you're willing to Mm. share your thoughts, asking permission for that. Hey, can I tell you, can I tell you a story, a tragic story of what happened to someone who did this behavior? (laughs) (laughs) To ask the question gives them them space to say, no, no, really? No, no. I don't need another tragic story. (laughs) Don't really want to hear that. But that's kind of respecting their, that's respecting them, I think. Yeah. And giving them a chance to say, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm open to your advice. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> tell me what you want to tell me yeah what do you think about that Maddie? I, I love it I love it I think I think that's a perfect question hey can I can I speak into that do you do you want my thoughts on that and you know I think that just it takes that wall down and says hey I'm, I'm asking you and respecting you to say hey can I speak into that can I can I give my opinion on it at least and, you know, it could be something as simple as, you know, one of their friends is doing something crazy and it's really bugging them. And then it's like, well, can I, let me give your, can I give my opinion on it? You know, or, you know, just, I think it's such a great, a great space. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes, it is. It is. It's just biting your tongue. Oh, I really want to speak into that. Yes. Oh, goodness. Oh, this next one is so good. I, this is such a great one. I'm glad you put this on here. Yeah. Um. Teens want parents to praise us for right behavior mm. uh, all the time. There are times when we try really hard. We keep the dishes clean. We keep our rooms clean. Um, and there are other times when we're lazy, we get busy or we simply forget. But either way, teens wish that they were rewarded for when they do something right. Most of the time, you only notice what's wrong. Mm. Agree? Disagree? How'd you feel? Oh yeah. I think, I mean, I think creating a culture of wins in your home, celebrating wins, just, just, just create a culture of it that you just celebrate wins when there's a win, you celebrate it. And, and I think that just right there, um, it, it will change all of that. Cause I think, yeah, I mean, I think at times it can be really easy to get nitpicky on, on life, and especially as a parent to a teenager, I'm not there yet, but, but I know in my life, there's things I get really nitpicky on, even in my marriage and I'll get way too focused on things. I think I could see that as an apparent to a kid or to a, you know, a teenager, I, I 100% can see that getting really easy to point out the wrongs, but yeah, just creating a cell, like celebrate wins. Every time there's a win, just celebrate it. Even if it's so small, if you can celebrate it, that's amazing. I mean, we talk about this in the preschool years that that's what you're wanting to do, right? You're, you're trying to point out the behavior you're looking for, right? And mm. celebrate it instead of squashing the bad behavior. And we're like, keep pointing it out, catch them doing the right thing over and over and over again. Sounds like it doesn't really change. It doesn't, but we somehow change, I uh-huh. think in the teen years, maybe because uh-huh. we think you should have gotten this by now, or why am I still uh-huh. having to tell you this? Or you only have three, four years until you're out of the house. You have to know this. <laughs> Like there's this, come on, it's willful disobedience. <laughs> if you do not know this by now, that's our problem as parents yeah. is yeah. we forget mm. to celebrate those wins. To celebrate the wins. Uh, we should do that more. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So why as a teenager, think back to when you were a teenager, why, why do you think teenagers rebel? What are the root causes of that? That's a great question. Um, I can speak from my experience. My, my experience is purely curiosity. I, I, I think just straight curiosity of what I, you know, I just wanted to learn things. You know, I was, a, I was a bit rebellious and not out of the place that I wanted to rebel, but I really just was curious and I would just find myself in that, that constant battle between, okay, the world and, you know, surrendering to Jesus. And I was kind of in that like really tough 
area, you know, especially in my early teens. That like later teens was much different. Um, but like, you know, f- between like 13 and 16, really, before I got my car, I mean, that was the time where I was just like, whatever goes. And I just gave my life to Jesus. But I was just, I was young though. You know, I gave my life to Jesus and I'm, I'm just trying, I was curious. I want like, Ooh, what is that like? Ooh, what is, you know? And I was, I was a player and I was always talking to so many girls and, you know, that was kind of my thing. And and, and it was, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what, that is what I found on the internet is that the other teens are saying, we're just curious. We're curious. What happens if we do this? That's a great, uh, to know that motivation is really helpful. It's a comfort as a parent. I mean, really, because we are, Mm -hmm. we are so hard on ourselves. So many of us are Mm -hmm. feeling like huge Mm -hmm. failures when our kids like do something that, you know, they can't possibly have thought that that was within the bounds of what's Mm -hmm. acceptable in our family. Yeah. And to know that, okay, maybe they're just curious to see how to work out. But mm. I guess the issue is, <laughs> you know, a curious toddler is one thing. They're, how much yeah. trouble can they really yeah. get in? But yeah. a curious yeah, the stakes are high. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, it, it can cause a lot of harm. That's I think that's part of the reason we freak out. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. So as a teenager did your family do a lot of compromising? So did, did you have, um, in other words, did you have a voice? Here, Cause here's what I'm saying. Let me give a little background. We were real careful when our kids were younger that they responded like to our, to our calls. Like when we called them, they had to come to us to receive instruction, look us in the eye mm-hmm. and then be sure they understood the instruction and they went and did it. And it made life so peaceful and great. And we, mm-hmm. we had a very harmonious family dynamic mm-hmm. in the elementary years. And what they've told me now that they're in their twenties is because things were going so well and they were submissive that they felt like we didn't give them as much freedom to ask for compromise mm. as they got into their teen years. Like we would have liked to have had a voice to say like, Hey, can we negotiate this? But they were just used to, you know, doing mm. what we said and that's their disposition mm. partly and all that. Mm. So, um, I think teens want parents to compromise. They want to go back and forth. We just, oh, we don't want to go through the arguing. <laughs> oh, it's just so much easier. <laughs> you can just do what I say. So what are you thinking yeah. about that? What should we do? Yeah, that is, that is such a, I think that is such a hard, you know, balance to find. And um, in our home, you know, we, one of the big things like early on, my parents did was just really talk about cultures. There, there's culture of, you know, church, there's culture of business, there's culture of home, there's, you know, the culture and, and at times culture can be more powerful than the Bible and not in people's lives. And obviously the Bible and God is the most powerful thing, but it, it, you know, one of the things like in our home, it was, we respected people. Like that was a big thing. We look people in the eyes and we respect people. And when they come, we go and we get up and we greet them at the door. And that was like a big thing. And then second was that we just obeyed mom and dad. That was like, that was a thing. Those two things were like, as long as we obey mom and dad, everything else basically goes in bounds, right? Obviously um, not, but, but the, the things like the compromise part, it was like, Hey, well, we're going to, as long as we just obey them and, you know, we um, respect people and love people, then everything after that, the small things really fell away. But then with the, as far as like compromise, that was 
going back to the conversation that uh, earlier in the podcast was, you know, having those conversations and creating space for those conversations with your kids that will, that will go on into those teenage years when you're having those conversations to, to make compromise, you know, like th- there was, there was so many times um, my, my brother and my cousins, we would go down and we would bike down to Walmart and we would just go wreak havoc at Walmart. And it was just so crazy. Just, just wild. We, you know, one, one time my cousin threw a sky ball over a couple of things and hit a worker and oh, just, just wild. Yeah, wild good time. Good time. <laughs> good time. And uh, we, we get back and our parents are chilling in the hot tub and they're, they're in the hot tub and his parents and our parents. So we told him and they're like, that's awesome guys. They were like, they were, they were totally cool with it because we, we, we were, we obeyed them. We came back and, you know, we got in a little bit of trouble, but the compromise, the compromise there, like, I think it's just having those conversations. And I know it's really hard as a parent to like, all right, let's, let's kind of talk this through on what we should do in this situation. And yeah, I hope, I hope that's helpful. I think it's just a continuous conversation. So, okay. So it sounds like to summarize your parents had a couple of pillars of family identity, you know, love Mm -hmm. others, love, and you know, love God, love others, respect people, and that you had freedom to operate within that like culture of family. So you, the compromise really in your, in your life was I have freedom to make some choices here because there's not a ton of rules. And if we go a little crazy at Walmart and we've gone outside the bounds, okay, then they, we talk about it. They rein us back in a little bit and we move on. I think that's interesting. And it's an interesting approach. And I think it's where you definitely need to be in the teenage years. We've talked about this is um, more of a coach. American parents tend to parent in an upside down funnel where the toddler runs amok, runs everywhere. And then, and then they have tons of freedom. And then when you get to age 10, 11, 12, you freak out and you bring that where the neck of the funnel is in really tight. And that doesn't go well for teens. Mm. (laughs) And so we, we recommend the opposite, like an upright funnel where you have a lot of restrictions, a few freedoms Mm. when when they're little, and then they earn earn their freedom. So that by the time they're 10, 11, 12, they do have kind of this sense of here's our family culture. Here's the, here's the big rocks (laughs) of Mm. like we are. And then you start to operate, you know, in that. Um, And the, and the, therefore the compromise can be, well, like we didn't have a curfew. It was Mm. just, what are you doing? So like, Mm. what do you, how long do you need to be out? Yeah. And then we just Mm. go back and forth about that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like Mm. in terms of, Hey, can I go to this party? Well, Mm. I don't know. Can Can you? you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like what's going to be happening? That's where the negotiation comes. Well, there might be this or that there. Well, you know, my first instinct would be to say, well, then no, absolutely not. You Obviously. Have you not been living in this house for the last 15 years? Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. Are you insane? Yes. <laughs> but instead you would more ask questions about, well, what's your plan? If something were to go right, you know, you have to, mm. that's where the compromise, the compromise is the back and forth. Yeah. I'll give a little here. Mm. Maybe I'll let you go, but not, not until 3am. Maybe you can go until, you know, this am that sort yes. of thing. Mm. Oh, this one, this one just makes my heart hurt. Our phone is our social life. This is what this is what this teen says. Parents, listen up. If you think your teen is ruining their life because they're on their phone, you're wrong. You grew up in a different generation. Things were different back then. When you were a child, televisions were new to the world. (laughs) Disrespect. (laughs) (laughs) And you adapted. That's what humans do. We adapt. All right. Mm. 
what, what, okay. What do teens wish parents knew about technology and phones and things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, you know what, this is, you, you guys have dropped some hard questions on me. <laughs> this one is one of the hardest ones that I can, I can come up with. I can think of, um, because th- really social media is, is it, we are all trying to find our place in it. We're all trying to find our balance with it. It's so easy to get addicted to our phones and get addicted to our social medias. And I, I, t- I honestly want to say, cause as a, as a teenager, when I, I'll tell you my story a bit, um, you know, I, I took a whole year, I had an iPhone, I had like a brand new iPhone. I took a whole year and I locked it. So it called text and music. That was the only thing it did. Wow. Cause I, because I, I had to do that for my, for my pornography journey. I couldn't have any access. I had no iPad. I had no computer. I had my phone that was locked to a, a go phone is what we called it. And, you know, th- for me, I had to do that. And that was because of social media. And so the the thing that's so hard is, I mean, I don't think teenagers really know what they need. And, and I think, I think it's so hard and we have to, and I, I think even as parents, we have to humble ourselves and, and you, like, it's a, it's a constant humbling. Cause it's like, what, what is the best thing for your kids? Is it for them to spend unlimited time on social media? Probably not. That's probably not the best thing. And, but what are am I spending a lot of time on social media as well? You know, it's, it's a two way street here. Um, and so this is a really tough question, but it really, it really comes down to intentionality, you know, it taking time away from it. Hey, you know, how much time are you spending on your, ask your, your teenager, how much time are you spending on Instagram? You know, are you spending, how much time are you spending on YouTube? Are you spending, you know, six, eight hours a day, like the stat, right? The average kid is spending so much time. And even me, I, I, I struggle with it too, to this day being married, you know, my wife and I are always trying to find the balance. So if you had a teenager tomorrow, one got dropped into mm. your house, Ooh. what would you do with a phone for them? Said so they're 16 years old. What would you do? Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, what I would do um, is I would start the I would start the question. How how are you going to be intentional with this? That's the first question. How are you going to be intentional with it? And then ask them to tell me how to be intentional, and then hold them to that. And and so if you said, hey, I'm going to get on one time a day. Cool. Hey, I love I love that. If you tell me five times, I, I'm going to be cool probably too because you told me what, and I'm going to hold you accountable to what you told me. How are you going to be intentional with this? And then, and then hold them to it. And you would make, would you make them do like your parents did? It's got to be in their room at night, that your parents' room at night or kitchen or wherever. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And then that would be the second, the second thing was I would have them, you know, at, at eight o'clock or, or what, it depends on what time your family goes to bed, really. Cause if you're all together, then it makes sense if you are just night owls. Um, but my family would go to bed around eight. So I love them so much. <laughs> I don't even know them. They're my people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you free next Thanksgiving? That's right. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so good. Yeah. I think you're right. That you're, I think your mic drop moment mm-hmm. is in this interview is teens don't know what they need. Yeah. With their phones. We and and we as parents, honestly, we've said this in our technology episodes, we didn't know what we were doing when we gave our kids much like your parents, phones. a lot like your, it was a lot like your parents, our kids are about your mm-hmm. age. So this is one of those times where you're putting on your parent hat instead of your friend hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a live grenade. <laughs> kind of. Yes, it is. Their hands. There's so many, so many ways it can go wrong. 
this has been so fun. Yeah. So just so really yes. great. Um, any final parting words for parents? What you, if, if they have parents of teens, encouragement mm. or what you wish they knew? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think that if I just have my last final thoughts, I mean, just help your kids follow Jesus. And I think that's all every parent, every Christian parents desires to help their kids follow Jesus. And I think inviting them into your quiet time, whatever you do, if you, if you spend time with God once a week, invite them into the once a week quiet time. If you, if you're in God's word every single day, invite them in um, and show them and then get awesome people who love Jesus around them and get cool people that they look up to that they think are cool not who you think is cool but who they think is cool um and uh and yeah just help your kids follow jesus and i think i think in that way you know i i've been following jesus since i was 13 and you know following jesus is the most important thing and knowing his word and those things take out so many of the the challenges is because when we follow Jesus, we're constantly being humbled. We're constantly being transformed. And I think uh, with all of these things, just love your kids and help them follow Jesus in a non-religious way. And um, just show them the love of Jesus. Jesus was not religious. He was a man of love and he came and gave his life for everyone. So um, that's my last parting thoughts for parents. That's great. Thank you, Matthew. It. Thank you so much. I want to point people to not just seats, which we pointed to before, mm-hmm. but you also have, you're an entrepreneur. You have your own business. Tell us what you mm-hmm. do. And when, cause we've got parents of very young children yeah. listening and they would love what you're doing, I think. Yes. Awesome. Well, um, yeah. So I'm a part of a collective called Lullaby House Music and uh, we make the best lullaby music out there. And we just want to, bring a new flavor to um, the kind of older lullaby space. And uh, all of our music um, is really mellow and there's cellos and it's beautiful. And it's just, there's piano. It's, oh, it's just amazing. And so, um, yeah, it's great. (laughs) Yeah. Where can they find lullaby house music? Yeah, so you can find us um, on all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, any streaming platform, YouTube, or our website, lullabyhousemusic.com. And uh, yeah, you can check it out there. And uh, we just released a new single called Don't Lose Your Wonder. And it's a it's a oh. song of a kid um, asking when they go in the why stage, why is the sky blue? Why, you know, why is my tongue feeling on when I have ice? And, and it's like all these things, just asking questions and then the parents saying, don't lose your wonder. Um, and so you should check out that song. I it's definitely amazing. will. Love oh, it. Great. Sounds awesome. That's great. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. I think it's going to bless. I know it's going to bless families of tweens and teens. Yeah. yeah. Kind of in the trenches, living this out. For and, sure. Um, just make things a little easier in a time that can be yes. quite trying. We appreciate your honesty. Mm-hmm. And your thank you. We do. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. So sure. you can find these resources on our website. We'll link to them at justaskyourmom.com. And we'd love for you to follow us on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom or on Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. And if you like this episode or we would love for you to rate and leave a review if you're listening and better yet, subscribe so you'll get each new Monday episode. Send us your questions or topic suggestions at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just Just Ask Ask Your Mom. Mom.